Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. Today is April 19th, 2022. Remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, the whole time I've been online here, uh, which goes back maybe a little bit over 10 years, there are two fighters who really stood out to me more than the others in terms of uniqueness, in terms of a skill level that you really couldn't duplicate. Well, dare I say, call these guys naturals, right? One was Dmitry Pirog, who gave Danny Jacobs his first loss, a fight we called here on YouTube. The other a little bit more controversial with fight fans, is James DeGale, a guy who in Boston beat Andre Durrell, right, in a championship match. Now, what made these guys really special is some of the same things that makes two of boxing's absolute best, Terrence Crawford and Tyson Fury, special. And it was the ability to change their lead foot several times in a round. Right now, they're different than the guys I just mentioned, Crawford and Fury, because Crawford and Fury actually commit to the switch. But Pirog and Gale, in an interactive manner, in other words, depending on what their opponent was doing. These guys, to get the favorable angles, would literally go from being right-handed to left-handed, flawlessly. Right? DeGale could do it several times in a sequence, and the punches were still powerful. Both of these guys still had the full assortment of their punches whether they were righty or lefty. So an opponent who could be A-plus in their construct, let's say they're facing a right-handed guy who completely knows how to be right-handed, that right-handed guy might fall apart if that person gets dazed and then suddenly, instead of facing a righty, they're facing a southpaw. Worse yet, a southpaw over at an angle. Well, YouTube really has lifted boxing analysis, certainly for me. And there's a video, and it's special, in my favorites folder that I just highlighted on one of my favorite fighters of all time. He predates YouTube. It's the middleweight champion from the 1980s, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. And that video is done by the modern martial artist. Right? Let me just say that Hagler is a master. You're talking about a Hall of Famer. As I like to say, there are a few things in life you knew in the middle of the 1980s. One of them was that Marvin Hagler was the middleweight champion. In the video, and this is the first time I've seen this, and it's 2022. But in the video, the modern martial artist, 
And sometimes it takes outsiders, someone into martial arts, to look at boxing, to shed a light on Marvin Hagler's footwork. Folks, it's beyond original. You can have a prospect in your gym. The guy can do everything right in his construct. And he won't be able to do this. Right? Hagler is switching from southpaw to orthodox. He has the sport down to the point where he can get unorthodox. As I've said here, the great Bill Russell in basketball claims that the great ones are always different. Right? Hagler's doing things that a superstar trainer would not teach. And you understand his footwork is something that gives him a distinct advantage. The reason why Marvin Hagler is hitting guys who seem to have no defense, who seem to have lost their ability to defend themselves, is because Hagler is covering huge ground, whether it's from far away to get up on you, ring coverage, or whether it's from your left side to your right side. And the key is when Hagler moves, right, when he gets past your center, as the modern martial artist talks about, he doesn't have to reset his feet because he's ambidextrous. So he'll be in a southpaw stance. He'll move over across your body. This is after he's just hurt you badly. And then with his left leg forward from an orthodox stance, he will hit you with a picture-perfect right hand, even though the sequence started with Hagler posing as a southpaw. Now understand what's happening in boxing. In my dad's day, right back in the 40s and 50s, they didn't have access to all this film. Right? As I, um, as I like to say here, one of my dad's favorite fighters was Joe Lewis. My dad and I sat down. This is back in the days of VCRs and stuff like that. We sat down, and I was looking at the Joe Lewis films, and Joe foot speed-wise, was slow. But my dad didn't care, right? Because my dad's looking above the waist, right? Joe Lewis, explosive puncher, right? Got, you know, Joe Lewis could stop traffic, right? You could be 100%, suddenly you're on the canvas unconscious, hellacious puncher. But the foot speed wasn't there. And I was from, we'll call it an Ali generation, right? I mean, when I was following heavyweight boxing, everybody was up on their toes, right? Because Ali modeled himself after Sugar Ray Robinson, another great. And then other guys figured out that to be a heavyweight and to be competitive, they had to be up on their toes, right? Well, let me just say, now that we have YouTube, now that we have the internet, 
Now that we can splice together several of Marvin Hagler's fights and see him doing oddball things, like jumping off of his right leg to throw a straight right jab on a guy, then pivoting into an orthodox stance where he's throwing hooks. Now that we're seeing the benefits of being ambidextrous, being able to use your right hand and use your left hand, not be defined by southpaw or orthodox. It's actually a benefit to an ambidextrous fighter like a Marvin Hagler to be labeled a southpaw, to come out in a southpaw stance where you understood as the pocket seemed to be falling apart. Hagler was actually switching to orthodox, hitting guys with flush right hands. His right may well have been his real dominant hand. Right? You had guys like Oscar De La Hoya, who's a southpaw fighting orthodox. Everyone knew that his Sunday punch wasn't his backhand. It was his front hand throwing a 45, right? 45-degree punch. That's the other thing. Hard to block because you're blocking orthodox shots and the guy in front of you is throwing unorthodox punches. Well, now we're in an era where a young guy like Jaron Ennis can look at the Marvin Hagler film and can realize that whatever his trainer is telling him there are other ways to do things, right? The footwork that Hagler is throwing down is really Pirog, James DeGale type footwork. We look at these people and we think they're freaks at first. You're shaking your head. You're thinking, no, that's not the way to do this. How could this guy be switching from righty to lefty, right? Why can't the guy make up his mind on whether he's going to be a righty or a lefty? But yet you notice when Pirog finishes off Danny Jacobs, Danny Jacobs is defenseless. He never expected the punch from that angle. You notice when James DeGale got going, the other guy didn't have a chance. You couldn't tell what DeGale was going to throw next. Right? So, not surprisingly, Tyson Fury, and we haven't seen it in a few fights, but Tyson Fury has a zone where he can fight you, Southpaw. And that right hand, the same right hand he bludgeons Deontay Wilder with, becomes his lead hand, not his hammer. And he actually starts jabbing you with it. And, of course, you have to figure out what to do against a guy who's bigger than most of the fighters in history. Right? A guy who's 6'9 and nimble. Right? He's changing the angles on you when you already have to deal with distance and you have to deal with Fury's power. 
We don't consider Fury to be a power puncher. But yet, there he is, dropping Wilder multiple times. Right, Terrence Crawford, think about it, and it's really jarring. Terrence Crawford fights Kell Brook. Folks, Kell Brook was completely tamed. Watching that fight, you thought, wow, Kell, Kell's lost even his power. You thought, man, it's, it's over for Kell Brook. Maybe that eye injury is even more serious than I thought. Right, Crawford, of course, in the middle of that fight, changes his stance. Kell Brook's unprepared for it. Kell Brook loses meekly, is completely overwhelmed. But then we see Kell Brook against Samir Khan. Wow, the power's back. The explosiveness back. Kell Brook is crashing the pocket in a way where he couldn't think of doing. That against Terrence Crawford. Right, you're watching the Crawford fight, that's when you start to realize... There's something Crawford is doing that's keeping Kell Brook from crashing the pocket. That's when you realize against Amir Khan, Kell Brook comes in, he says, hey, I'm going to roughhouse. There's nothing stopping him. You can't do that against Terrence Crawford. Right, quite frankly, you're spending a lot of the Crawford fight thinking, wow, you know, what is this brother doing to me? Is he Southpaw? Is he Orthodox? Where are the angles this guy's going to be throwing from? Right? The Marvin Hagler tape is a must-watch. If you've only looked at Hagler fights, considering Hagler from the waist up, you're missing the story. Right? The footwork has opponents guessing to the point where they're wide open for what Hagler's actually throwing. And Hagler, of course, was a knockout puncher. As I like to say, judge the punching power a fighter has. Not by how he looks throwing the punch, but how the other guy is reacting to the punches that land. That will tell you who hits hard. Let me just say, Hagler hit hard. Understand, if you go through the sport of boxing, I don't care how good the boxing looks, and if you ask yourself, if you come up with a short list, let's say your top five in the entire sport of guys who can close the show, guys who, when they hurt you, finish you, Believe it or not, Terrence Crawford is on that list. And the reason is because when Crawford hurts you and you're there confused, he multiplies the confusion by changing his stance, changing his angle. You don't know if you're fighting a Southpaw or an Orthodox fighter. You don't know if he's coming up top or he's going to go down low. By the way, he does both in combinations. Marvin Hagler was the same way. 
right? I hope you take a look at the Modern Martial Artist video on Marvin Hagler, right? The Modern Martial Artist is focusing on Hagler's footwork. It's unique. It's unorthodox. He's in the Hall of Fame, folks, so let's call it what it is. It's Hall of Fame worthy. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.